And you are listening to the Fans of Wrestling Show here on the FOW Network, FOW Live. I am Patrick, your host with me, Danny uh, Danger, uh, Mickey Millis is who knows where. Eric still probably might get his mind blown about Big Brother, but we're not going to talk about that because otherwise Danny will cut me up again. Yep. Oh, Eric's here. Yeah, Fellas? Uh, how are you guys doing? It's Thursday night, so it's a little after ten, but yeah. we're here. Yeah, just a few minutes behind, nothing crazy. Um, we're doing. I'm doing good. Um, you know, the weather's finally starting to cool down here in Georgia a little bit. Ooh, starting to feel kind of like it's, like it's fall. I got out of my um, house this morning. I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? Alaska freezing. Yeah, it was like yeah. sixty something degrees. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't freezing, but it it, it felt good. It felt nice. Um, you know, it was a cooler weather difference. is on the way. Yeah, it's it kind of came quickly. Yeah, um, but right. it's good. You know, it it falls coming. Uh, you know that means that that good good fall things are in the air. You know, and of course, plenty of wrestling as well. But see, his thing. Winter came early this year, so we should we should skip fall and just go straight to spring. You no. know, no, we don't get to do that now. Yeah. Weather sucks. How weather is lovely. I I love being in short sleeves, not having to wear uh, jackets or sweatshirts or anything and such. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the, that's the Central American in you, sir. Well, South American, sir. Yes. I'm sorry, the geography was was it tough for you growing up? It's not it's not really taught well in the United States, no. Well, yeah, it's kind true. of a running joke. Yeah, I mean, they do say the United States is America, which you know, yeah, we could debate here there, but isn't a hundred percent true. Yeah, it ain't that kind of show. Uh, so yeah, okay, uh, lots going on in, in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, AEW is continuing to uh, do their thing, uh, you know, putting up all these uh, matches that you know, you know, are just like making like the TNT and uh, you know executives. I'm sure very very happy as you know uh, they are you know proving uh, that they are uh, the B show when it comes to pro wrestling behind Fox's. SmackDown Live, because I'm sorry, you know, SmackDown Live is still the king. Um, but yeah, uh, Dynamite continuing to uh, be now, now being ahead of Monday Night Raw. Did, did we expect this to happen and did we expect this to happen consistently? And how long can AEW keep this going? So three quick questions I'm shooting right to both of you. Um, no, I really didn't expect it to come along this quickly. It just so happens that the the companies are kind of in, moving in opposite to trajectories right now, you know, which is, which is strange, um, that AEW is on such a rise and WWE is, uh, you know, moving on the down slope, you know, and, and they're still, you know, WWE is still making it. A huge amount of money, so I don't think they're too concerned, um, you know, at this time. But if the trend continues, eventually they will have to be concerned. I assume sponsors will start getting upset and trying to change their deals if 
the ratings, you know, continue to sink or 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 don't you know don't start moving upswing after a little while. WWE always likes to blame, you know, once Monday Night Football stars, there's always kind of a hit in the ratings initially, um, you know, and they they kind of like to blame that and say there's a you know there's a fall lull, um, you know, which is why they really don't. <sighs> don't have any really big shows during the fall. You know, I guess they kind of plan for a little bit lower viewership. So they're not going to try to push things, um, you know, big, big things until that kind of lets up and you start moving towards the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season and such. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's a wild time. It really is. But I, you know, yet again, the winners are, are us, the wrestling fans, because we have, so many great options, you know, near basically every night of the week you have, you know, live televised wrestling. And then of course there's, you know, 24 seven, you have virtually everything at your disposal, you know, the history of the, of the wrestling world, as well as continued new content from several different places. Um, you know, always putting stuff out. So uh, it is a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, uh, I don't think that I expected it to be this quickly, but I mean, it happened. We're here. Um, I, I guess we'll see if it's a consistent. I, I don't. I don't necessarily know that it will be. Um, but yeah, like, like the tweet that I showed you guys today with Bischoff, where where Bischoff pretty much said, you know, uh, Vince McMahon comes up with his best stuff when he's backed up against a wall and, and Bischoff essentially thought last night was backing uh, WWE up against the wall. So I guess we'll see what happens, but like you said, danger, the only person that went are the only people that win are us. If, if AEW's, out consistently good uh, television, and then WWE's putting out consistently good television, and then you've got Ring of Honor, you've got MLW, all these other promotions that are putting out good television. It it just benefits us, honestly. Like if you would have told five year old Eric that wrestling would be on essentially twenty four seven three sixty five, he would have been a happy little five year old. Um, and now I'm a happy little however old I am. Yeah. And to, yeah, to me, I, I just wonder, you know, it's like, okay, AW the, is right now relying on, uh, on on guys like you know, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, because, I mean, he's still there. Um, CM Punk, that, Brian Danielson. Um and as much as I love it, and I love everything they're doing, right? Five years from now, most of them, all of those guys may be done wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the question is, this boomerang that you're getting with these guys, is this sustainable? Can they, do we really believe that they can make the stars that will propel AW to continue and, and overcome WWE? I mean, WWE... Of, they, they also are relying on, on guys who are much older. You know, you got Lashley, you got Lesnar, um, 
uh, as a couple of guys named Edge, and you know, there's always this talk. Guys are going to jump ship. You know, I think Adam Cole even mentioned one. You know, wanted to see uh, Kevin Owens uh, move on to AEW. And they keep talking about all these contracts being up. Uh, with everybody jump ship? I think some will. I don't think everybody will. I think it'll be a case by case basis. Uh, you know, I think that the opportunity is there for AEW to learn what went wrong in WCW. And, you know, I think they're doing a good job of focusing on making the TV shows, uh, you know, a big deal. Because that's really, let's remember, they're not necessarily a huge profitable company. They're making nowhere near the money they're really making. And I think that their AEW's pay-per-views will sell out no matter what. They'll do great business on pay-per-view regardless of what you put in there, right? You sprinkle a little bit of what people like, and boom, you'll get your pay-per-view buys. And... I think focusing on TV is the right way right now because what's going to happen is, what, two, three years from now, when it's time for them to renew with, you know, Turner, Turner might not be the only person who wants to be in the wrestling business with AEW if they're continuing to doing strong numbers. And that would that could give them the opportunity to make more money. So... It's, it'll be interesting to see, though, can they can they learn? Because there's a lot of things that the WCW did in 95, 96, 97 that blew things up and made people watch, and we remember those days. But then 98, 99, let's all forget about 2000, please. Um, nope, and 2000 I'm not even, was the best version of WCW. <sighs> And I'm not even mentioning 2001. Um, yeah, it's 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 been quite something. I'm happy. I'm happy to see some of my favorites do what they do. Uh, you know, and whether it's the WWE or in AEW or in New Japan Pro Wrestling or anywhere else here in the states. Um, but, you know, September's almost over, and we have a big October to look forward to. Uh, let's take a, a quick, just kind of look at what we have personally. Um, back to back to back weeks. Uh, Eric, now going to speak for you, not sure what you, you're planning on doing. But, you know, I know, we, you know, we're going to North Carolina on October 2nd. So that's big. The next week after, MLA celebrates their eighth anniversary show. Um, let's go your big bang with uh, the Realist family in pro wrestling, the LA, LA Park and his sons. And then the week after, AEW, I mean AEW, AWE with a, a huge show um, coming up. Uh, October is looking like a very busy month, and uh, I, I don't remember the last time I went to back to back to back shows. Yeah, three weeks in a row is is uh, it's been a long time, probably pre pandemic, and maybe even several many months before that. Um, 
to do three weekends in a row. But, hey, man, the world's opening back up. Wrestling's heating up. Um, you know, the the people who were released over the summer, their 90 days are up. The ones who decide to continue to wrestle have started popping up at various places, some on television, some, you know, have, have taken to the independent scene. Um, you know, you have New Japan running their series of shows uh, this month and next and have a lot of their stars not only doing the New Japan shows but also doing a lot of independence. Um, you know, GCW's got a big tour of shows, you know, the next couple months that they're doing. Um, things are things are looking really, really, really good, and there's a whole lot of good stuff happening, a lot of good matchups, um, you know, good places. Hopefully this is this is a good thing of signs to come for the independent scene. Um, you know, that that now that you know the pandemic's kind of you know, we are still in the pandemic, but people are getting vaccinated, people are taking it more seriously, certain areas are opening up, certain things are opening up. Hopefully that trend continues. And uh, and the rest, the independent wrestling scene is 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 you know could be sending seeing a big boom coming soon. Yeah, um, hopefully. I mean, it's it definitely seems that way. I mean, everything's kind of you know kind of like you said, Patrick. WWE kind or well, no, I think it was Danger that said it. Sorry, um, WWE kind of puts everything on the back burner essentially from now until the Super Bowl, but it seems like if anybody takes advantage of it, it's the independents because usually I've noticed a lot of like good indie shows happen around, you know, September, October, November, December. And I guess this year really isn't too much different because, you know, like you guys were talking about GCW, PWX, we've got big shows here in Atlanta it's it's just it's a really good time to be a wrestling fan now that things are opening back up. You know, we got WrestleCade in November. Uh, just just a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on, and it's it's nice to see. It's nice to see. Yeah, uh, but what gets me excited the most right now is that all roads lead to Starcade, Starcade, Starcast. Not neither one of those. Um, my gosh. My mind is going crazy. WrestleCade. Yeah. I knew there was a Kate somewhere. Um, <laughs> WrestleCade uh, is a Thanksgiving tradition that we didn't get to have last year thanks to COVID. Uh, but we get it this year. And finally, I think two announcements I know I've been waiting for for a long time. And I know that Eric is very excited about um, uh, were announced when uh, – both uh, Chris Hero and Rachel Ellering were announced finally uh, to be participating in the uh, in in the WrestleCade weekend. Yeah. Um, so beyond stoked I am. Big same. Big. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Hope. I'm hoping that you know this. You know Rachel Ellering's doing really well with Impact. She's you know they. She was a former tag team champion, albeit briefly, but she's been predominantly featured on the show, um, you know, since she's debuted. And, you know, I, I hope that Chris Hero will kind of start doing more with wrestling. You know, he 
apparently ag- agented for Ring of Honor's um, Death Before Dishonor show. Um, and, you know, he's kind of got a a talk segment he's doing with High Spots where he's interviewed a couple people so far. Um, you know, so hopefully that means that he's kind of getting back and, and hopefully we see an, an in-ring return for Chris Hero somewhere, anywhere. Um, Literally anywhere. You know, I think that, you know, he definitely still has a lot to offer in ring. And of course, he is uh, one of those amazing wrestling minds who who soaks stuff up like a sponge and dissects it a thousand different ways. And, you know, he definitely has a whole lot to contribute to the wrestling scene, even if he's not, um, you know, in the ring performing. Uh, so hopefully he, you know, he will continue to do more things wrestling related and WrestleCade is just kind of the start, you know, of course the hope would be that we get to see him, you know, in ring in some capacity that weekend, Mm -hmm. although it hasn't, has yet to be announced. Um, you know, of course that would be the ultimate hope that we would get to see him at the super show against somebody or. Hell, even throw him in the battle royal, let him hit a few elbows. That would make me happy. I'll I'll tell you what I'm hoping. (laughs) You know, we haven't fantasy booked in a while, and, you know, I'm not – thankfully there are no promoters on the line to tell us that ain't happening. Uh, So a boy can dream. Man, but what – can you imagine if he is the one that accepts uh, Eric Redbeard's uh, open challenge? At WrestleCade, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, Red is out good. there. And he starts talking crap and contacts the crowd and talks down, you know, everybody in there, and you know, says you know whatever one liner. Then boom, here's music hits and yeah. Awesome. It's just, I mean, to me, that's that's a moment. Yeah, you know, well, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'd pop. I'd pop hard. So I don't know. I'm not, you know, we, we have no control, no powers, no nothing, but, uh, oh, you know, it, it'd, be, it'd be so nice. The power of, um, our, of our thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It, I'm just glad that he'll be there. Both of them be there. I'm assuming that, you know, I mean, you know, people you know people say about assumptions, but, you know, Rachel, you know, she's been active lately, so she, we could see her wrestle on Sunday afternoon yeah um you know i mean there's a couple different shows that you know there's the the champions showcase show on friday night then there's the wrestlecade super show on saturday and there's the ladies night out sunday you know sunday at noon so realistically we could see rachel wrestle multiple times that weekend um just depends on how things go mm-hmm. i'm very yeah. excited to get to see two of my really good friends in the wrestling business uh, wrestle. I haven't seen Chris work since um, fucking forever. Yeah, fucking forever. Uh, probably one of the NXT house shows that I was at was the last time that I saw him, and that was yeah, late that's... 16, early 17. Um, I, I think the last time I saw him wrestle live was at, at the NXT house show at center stage. Yeah. Um... So it's been a while, and then it's been a while since I've seen Rachel because I haven't seen her uh, since May Young Classic too. So yeah, geez, that was 2018, 2017, 2018. So long overdue, long overdue. Yeah, I miss yeah. I miss my friends. I miss my friends. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of friends, a, a, a miss, somebody who has been missed, apparently, or maybe, maybe not, we'll find out. The Fallen Angel is back. Woo! He is coming back, baby. Um, I'm hyped. Now, when Ring of Honor started in 2002, February of 2002, they're coming up on 20 years. Jesus about Christ. six months, that will have been 20 years of Ring of Honor. 20 years of TNA Impact also. Both companies people thought would never last beyond their first year. Um, you know, multiple times both companies nearly had to fold, but... Ultimately, the quality of the product, even when viewership was low, the fans still wanted it, and people still, you know, they still found monetary backing who believed that, you know, yes, they could grow viewership back, etc. Um, but Chris Daniels, of course, was in the main event of the first ever Ring of Honor show, um, as it brought together three people from different regions who, you know who may never have faced each other in that kind of match. And that was part of the original theory was the dream match, independent dream matches. That was kind of the original theory behind ring of honor. Um, that basically has kept the independent scene going for the last 20 years. But, um, <laughs> he was a character that I was instantly drawn to. Um, you know, the character was really cool. The wrestling style was, was, I felt was always top notch. He was always smooth, consistent. Um, you know, and then he came into TNA kind of early and didn't really stick around a lot at first. And then, you know, a year or two later came back and became a predominant star in the X division. Um, you know, having, you know, one of probably the first five, you know, one of the wrestling observers first five star match in America in many, many years. Um, when TNA had, uh, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels for the X Division Championship main event of pay per view. Um, you know, so he had a lot of amazing and great matches in TNA. Um, he went to Ring of Honor, you know, went back to Ring of Honor after a while. Um, you know, went back to TNA. And, you know, the Fallen Angel Christopher kind of, the Fallen Angel character kind of fell to the wayside, you know, 10 plus years ago when he, when Daniels joined fortune and started teaming with Kazarian, um, you know, and they had been the, the tag team and they went through several names and, you know, eventually became SCU and became a trio. And then the trio dissolved. And then most recently the tag team was forced to split. And everyone thought that, you know, they had heard that Chris Danielson was kind of doing some Chris Danielson, getting mixed up Christopher Daniels was getting some uh doing some backstage stuff some producing some agenting um with AEW and so everybody thought that okay now the team split up you know he was kind of bloodied at the end he took the pinfall you know that he was just going to kind of move into transition into a backstage role and that his his in-ring career would be done um but thankfully that is not the case he's one of those wrestlers that you know Although he's been doing it 20, 25 years, looks like he could have just been doing it a few years as far as physical conditioning and the way he still moves around in the ring. Um, the dude still looks like he's like 25 years old, which is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, he abs- yeah, he does not look his age at all either. Um, no. 
So hopefully, you know, even if it's a short, even if it's six months or less, he kind of comes back into the wrestling world the way he, you know, the way he started um, as the fallen angel. And we get some cool, some cool matches, some cool moments, um, you know, as the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. I'm, I'm very excited to see where all this goes. Yeah. Same. Uh, the prophecy has come back around, and the prophecy will be perfect. Yeah, words are hard. Fuck. And the prophecy me. will be perfect. Fucking A. Fulfilled. Wow. How hard is that to say? God. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Thank you. I think that, Daddy. Um, um, yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Super hyped. Uh, love Chris Daniels. Loved the Fallen Angel character. Kind of hated when he kind of went away from it. Uh, with you know bad intentions, the fortune mess, the ad- all of that, the addiction, the addiction, and and, and- yeah. So I'm glad that we finally get the fallen angel back. That's all about timing, you know. I, I think, yeah, that, well, absolutely. You know, he he he's one of those guys. Like, first of all, yeah, like you guys say, he looks the same that he did 20 years ago. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's because he's able to evolve uh, yes. and be, you know, what he needed to be for the time to be relevant, to still be able to, uh, you know, have those moments. So, you know, it, it's an evolution, but, you know, like every evolution, you actually come back to your roots and, you know, uh, maybe he is coming down to the, to the near end of his career and, you know, changing things in AW, but hey, doesn't mean, you know, that he can't go back and, and have his you know, one last run. And listen, Danny, you talked about, you know, Ring of Honor coming out to their 20th anniversary. And we're yes. talking about the forbidden walls being broken everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Brian Daniels from Christopher Daniels and Loki are all steam, still active wrestlers in 2021. That's 100% true, yeah. I'm like, if I'm Ring of Honor, I do whatever it takes. I pay whatever To get that for like a 20th anniversary. Maybe that for your 20th anniversary show, yeah. Whatever it takes, you know, like, why not? The opportunity is there. And if you ask the guys, they will do it. I mean... They're all still, as far as I know, still good friends, you know, have good relations with another, uh, you know. Somebody just needs to make sure the Loki will show up to the building. Um, yeah, that, yeah. But And won't try to knock anybody out. Yeah, so, and won't refuse know, the job you know, or something, yeah. We're okay with all that. He just needs to show up. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, outside of, you know, MLW, He's is being known yeah. to be questionable in his yeah. bookings as, as yes. years, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what it's about the the power of MLW and um, you know, Core Bauer that that he he was like, yeah, I can't work for you anytime. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, and actually, we'll take the L, no problem. Uh, but. All right, uh, it, I don't know. I, I like to see it. It's it's, it's be fun. It, it, it would be so fun. It'll be. I would pop it. I mean, no no offense. If, if they did announce it, wherever it was, probably Maryland or Pennsylvania, 
Um, what do they have with the original the original show? It was show? Philly. Was it? it was outside so, Philly. So the Philly, Philly Re- shoot. The Murphy Rec go, Center. If I have to go to the stinking bingo hole for the first time ever, you know that's okay. <laughs> I can take extra showers afterwards. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's one of those kind of things. Like man, still, I mean, you know, one of my favorite and probably a lot of people's what one of their top favorite. Uh, Ring of Honor matches and well, wrestling matches, period, ever because it, it was so good. And at the time where you know, you know, people probably saw WWE as the evil empire, you know, and here yeah. comes Ring of Honor, the, the, only, like, the, only, yeah. the only place to get wrestling. And then you had, mm-hmm. you know, play you. I think Ring of Honor started getting, you know, once they started getting kind of their buzz and everything. I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to the independent scene as more than just where old timers go, you know, to kind of finish out their careers and more than wrestling and old grannies yelling like that. It was the place where the future was built and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that you could see, you could see wrestlers, you know, go as, as wild, as crazy as they wanted to, because they didn't have, the constraints that you do of television with time limits and, you know, you got to be within this camera range or, you know, no, you can't do this move because so-and-so does it, that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, it certainly did to me because I had no idea that there was, a, that there was anything beyond, you know, what, what came wrestling that came on my television and ECW right. fell away and WCW fell away and it was only WWE and, you know, WWF at the time. And I, you know, I pretty much thought that was kind of all they're really, the only w- wrestling that was worth watching. Um, yeah. Or, or, or wherever wrestling, you finally got dumped that I called a hell holy Cornelia. I, I didn't even know that was there at the time until, uh, until after uh, I had seen some Ring of Honor and some TNA, and I started looking, yeah. you know, heard about where, these, where some of these guys had wrestled at before, and that's yeah, when I, I went probably, to Cornelia for the first time. Yeah, I, I probably I heard about that place in the late nineties, mm-hmm. but it was never knew where Cornelia was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't have Google back then, okay? Yeah, yeah. Or if we you had didn't, to pull out maps, you had to pull out maps yeah. and stuff, man. I know you had to print how... MapQuest. And oh yeah, man, that... you know. I didn't even know that there were independents in Georgia until like. I'm gonna I'm gonna roughly guesstimate about oh four oh five maybe because I okay. saw a poster I saw a poster in on my birthday going to Hibbit Sports that was advertising AJ Styles for uh, GCW which was Georgia Championship Wrestling yeah um, yeah here um, it was and I was like. Hey, like, AJ Styles, that's a yeah. name that I know. I uh I watched yeah. him do the things on the impacts. Yeah. TNA. And yeah. 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 So yeah, at least y'all knew that there was something like an independent scene. No. Um I was going somewhere with this, but Christopher started I, with Christopher Daniels. I don't remember now. No, it, it, it was I was going somewhere else. Um, see Ring of Honor, uh, Corbar, MLW, MLW just recently announced. Uh, of course, they're working with Dave Prezak on their women's division. 
and they just announced that they are launching the MLW Women's Division, uh, starting with featherweight. Now, uh, Eric, you were questioning featherweights. Yeah, uh, really he was part. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was kind of questioning the weight division, and and I get it. MLW likes to do weight divisions. You know, they have their middleweight championship and their heavyweight championship, but then they showed a lot of women of varying different sizes and and weight limits. So kind of led us to go, well, what, you know, they didn't really specify like featherweight is between this weight and between this weight or what have you, you know, in boxing and in MMA and stuff, there's usually a, you know, 20 or, you know, 10, sometimes 10 pound weight, you know, gap within the division. Um, and most of these women had a, had a, seemed to have a much larger degree of difference between them um, mm-hmm. in some of that. Uh, so that was kind of where the, where the confusion was about yeah, it yeah. being a weight limit rather than just a gender classification. Right. Well, uh, the featherweight division, I, I know at least in MMA, uh, I've yeah. seen it uh, average around 145. I think one... Oh, Feather is one, 145, okay. What, yeah, what, one smaller promotion I think does has gone down to 135. Another other small promotion has gone up to like 145. So it's kind of like... But uh, yet again, it, that's the that's the maximum for that division. Usually. Yeah, and, and, one, you, and one, then one, two, one, two, three, you go down... 15 so, pounds, 20 pounds, and you're in the next, you're technically in the next weight class. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would think women that, they, that are they, much, if they went at 145, you had women that are, that are visibly larger than that. And then women that are vis- visibly smaller than that as well. Much smaller than that. Yeah. By more Probably. than just 10 or 15 pounds. I, I would think that they, they find like right now for the roster or the people that they're bringing in, the majority fit one, and then they probably will build others as, as but they'll start with one. You know, I mean, yeah. I, or it I, may I, just I, be a name right now. It may not be specific, de- designated to a certain weight until yeah, they do bring yeah. in a second title, and they say, okay, right. wh- you know, here's the cl- here's the division between the two belts, but they may just call it featherweight, you know, and then yeah. essentially let kind of any female competitor who wants to compete in the division compete in the division. Yeah, I mean because even MLW has, I think, an open weight division now. That's true. They do have open weight too. Yeah, yeah. So they'll find ways to do it, but you know. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, and it's an it's an interesting mix of names that they announced thus far. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the word is the word has come out that not everyone that that will be in their division is technically contracted to them, as far as you know, limited restriction to MLW only um, yeah. there, you know, some of them are just on the pay per appearance deal, but you had already names like Willa Nightingale, Nicole Savoy, uh, team C C stars. Um, what was it? Zoe sky. Mm-hmm. Who else was in that little video? Holiday. Um, Brittany yeah. Blake. Brittany Blake. Yes. Um, and we're probably missing a few others, but you know, if that's the start of their division, as far as the handful of people they're using at the beginning to kind of build up the division, I'd say it's looking pretty good so far. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I like yeah. it. Same. Yeah. It. Um, 
it can only go up from there, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's that's, that's, not, not that's, only is it a great time for wrestling, but I think right now we're in a big, we're in yet another boom for women's wrestling, especially on the independent level, um, because you have so many places building and designing new division, new women's divisions. Um, you know, the yeah. NWA really focusing a lot in their women's division just ran their first all women's pay-per-view, um, you know, and of course the hopes that more will be coming down the line, you know, possibly hopes of even a, a regular series, maybe not weekly, but a, a regular series um, out of the NWA. Of course, impact, you know, is always at a strong women's division. And yet again, they're to a point where they're, putting a lot more focus in it. They're bringing more people in, you know, they just filmed, uh, you know, what will, what will air in a couple of weeks, um, knockouts, knockdown, their first all women's pay-per-view event, um, you know, in several years, I think 2018 was the last time they did a knockouts, knockdown, if I remember correctly, maybe even earlier than that. Yep. Um, then you have ring of honor who this summer just started their women's division after it was kind of on hiatus after, the women of honor fell apart. Um, uh, you know, Kelly Klein still is, is, is trying to get that, you know, fa- fabulous Moolah slash Mildred Burke kind of a title reign with the women of honor title. Um, but they've built a, a new women's division, you know, yet again, putting a lot of focus into it, bringing in a whole lot of women. They've only signed a handful right now, but they're still using a lot of new and exciting people and, you know, seeing, seeing who, you know, who works out, who doesn't work out, you know, who the fans respond to, um, you know, who fits in well with, you know, the company, et cetera, um, as far as who they want to continue to use on a regular basis, um, you know, and so many other places as well, you know, um, of course, AEW, you know, there's, there's talk of them, you know, possibly bringing in a secondary women's title um, just because they have such a, deep women's roster but they only have a handful of women that are really at the top that can kind of battle for the for the main championship so you know giving a secondary championship would give a lot of other of these women uh you know something to battle over and compete over rather than just trying to find mini feuds for them based on competition and and you know they could start doing rankings and these kind of things more so um So if you are a female wrestler, it is an amazing time for you because you have so many places to go, so many places who are literally begging for top-level women's talent, trying to discover, you know, who's who's, you know, just on the cusp of becoming somebody big so they can cap so that they can, you know, grow to so they can grow together with the roster, somebody that they can, you know, that can help lead their roster. Um, and then, of course, for fans of women's wrestling, it's, you know, Shimmer's coming back, in, you know, at the end of October, um, you know, so it's just, it's an excellent, excellent time, not just for wrestling, but women's wrestling specifically, as, it, as it's kind of in a, in a really sharp growth period in a lot of different places right now. And that's a good thing, too, honestly, because, like, it's just, I don't know, something about women's wrestling when it's done correctly is just absolutely fantastic to me. Um, and a lot of places have been, you know, doing really well with it. Um, I don't like to use AEW as an example because a lot of the time, a lot of their stuff's not good. Um, 
or at least it hasn't been. But now, you know, they're getting a little more depth to their division. They're um, bringing back Rio, too, so that's good. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Rio Mazunami is supposed to be coming back again soon. Or hopefully so they're trying we'll to bring in other people as well. Yeah, hopefully Maki Ito can make a, a return as well. Yeah, we miss Ito-chan. Um, but, I mean, I feel like... Ring of Honor is making a really good stride for good young female talent. Like they put the belt on Roxy uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoy Roxy. Um, I got my first taste of her at um, Shimmer two years ago. And I think she was only like 17 when she was doing that. And she already looked like she was going to be the next star. Um, yeah, she's. I think she, they said she's been doing. She's been wrestling. She started training professional wrestling when she was thirteen. She would literally go to school and then ride her bike to go train professional wrestling. And yeah, exactly. And and you can tell because she's very for. I think she's nineteen now. For a nineteen-year-old, she is very fundamentally sound. And I think very Ring composed. Of, and yep, collected with everything she does. Yep, and I think Ring of Honor got a steal with her um she's somebody that i was looking for aew to possibly sign but they never did um so i mean it's on them uh but i think ring of honor is doing good things with their women's division like you said even though kelly klein's trying to have a a a moolah type run um you know, we're, it, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I like what Ring of Honor's done so far. Now, my, my follow-up here, you got you know, Zoom. What do you like so far of NXT 2.0? We had a second night of NXT 2.0 now. We're two weeks in. Uh, and uh, it's a broker... Bronson, this is Ron Breaker. Ron Breaker. It was the I was close. Uh, in the main event, uh, and tag team action here, and also we saw them taking the belt of Kushida, the Cruiserweight title of Kushida. What is next uh, for Kushida? Because man, I, I don't know if this is some somebody who Vincent Man really would care to do anything with which is kind of astonishing i just you know with i just don't think i'm afraid that he'll be lost in this man's uh you know vision i told y'all earlier this year he wasn't nothing but a jobber but nobody wanted to listen to me um yeah i i honestly don't know if kushida fits into the 2.0 plans and i definitely don't know if he fits into you know, VKM's plans. Um, yeah. I guess it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I felt his reign was going well. You know, of course, I've been a big Kushida fan for, for many years, you know, his time in New Japan and stuff and was was anxious for his transition because I know it has been difficult for 
several Japanese stars in the past. Um, just the multitude of adapting to, you know, life in America as well as sports entertainment style, you know, but Kushida is one of those guys who had a little more personality and charisma than most, you know, not on the Nakamura level, of course, but more than a lot of people. So I felt that he, you know, would potentially have a better chance. And it was kind of a rocky start for him initially. Um, I feel his styles adapted a little bit better, um, you know, to, to a more sports entertainment wrestling style, or at least the, the super indie style of NXT. Um, but yeah, after dropping the championship, I don't really know because he's now, you know, are they going to continue to have him, you know, try and chase the title, trying to, you know, have to work his way through the diamond mine. Um, because yeah, unfortunately the small, yeah, that continues to grow week by week. Um, unfortunately the cruiserweights have a hard time up on the main roster because they don't really feature the cruiserweight championship. Um, you know, it essentially became the NXT cruiserweight championship. So they don't even really have a championship to fight for on the main roster. You know, even sure some of the do. guys, 24 seven title. There you go. But I'm sh- um, there are a handful of guys that were with, you know, 205 live and former cruiserweight champions or contenders. Um, they've had a rough time on the main roster. You know, a few of the only ones that have stuck around for a long time are really Ricochet and like Akira Tozawa. But Tozawa's not really used on TV, but he's still employed. You know, Ricochet well, Tozawa gets, does gets time here and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, yeah. Um, but the extent of it. Yeah, that's about these. He's basically a herd of guys that are chasing after our truth, you know? Um, so it's, it's definitely difficult for them. And then, of course, people who come in from. You know, other countries where they were successful seem to have a hard time connecting with the American audience. Um, so I hope things can work out for Kushida. I hope he can transition well and find success in America. But, you know, he very well could end up having to make his way back to Japan to if he wants to to be successful in professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, or, or he could join... His fellow time splitter friend. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Where is Alex right. Shelley? Where isn't Alex well, Shelley? He, he was kind of hiding away. He but he's, he's he he's jumped back out recently. Um, he hid away for for several months, but but he started making a few appearances. Um, he advertised appearances coming up. Good. Yeah, I think. Uh... And he just has a really good shoot job that he really enjoys, and that kind of limits his travel some to an extent. So he doesn't take as many bookings because yeah. he doesn't want to it, it it to possibly hurt his his shoot job. He, he's wrestling Davy Richards uh, in New York okay. next month. Yeah. So. All right, good for him. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, a lot of people didn't think uh, that, you know, um, Shinsuke would do so well 
you know, I think in WWE, I I think that I think that even after if the rumor that he'll never be a main event guy, he'll never be a a world champion, and he'll just be a guy who to job to people. I mean, you look at him. I think he's really thrived in uh, in WWE, and I think because in essence, not only is Shinsuke Nakamura a great professional wrestler, and you know one of the one of the greats in strong style, he is a very much an entertainer, and yes. I think um, that 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 has I mean, been that's key what, for him. Well, and that's what you know took him to such great popularity in Japan was. You know, he's yes, he spent years in you know all black trunks, being the very serious, strong style wrestler, and he had a lot of respect and fans for that. But once he he really turned on the charisma and became you know the king of strong style that we now know, his popularity just went through the roof, and that is why you know Vince McMahon and and WWE were so trying so hard to get him is because. A, they want you know they wanted Japan viewers to follow him to WWE, but also they saw that you know because of his persona and his charisma that he would have an easier time transitioning than um, a lot of other Japanese performers would. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you know he's been up and down. You know he's he's done a, he's done quite a lot of things within WWE. Um, you know, he had that main event title feud with AJ Styles for several months, and you know he won the Royal Rumble, and you know now he's Intercontinental Champion. Um, you know he's he's done a lot of things. He's been there for for many years. So I would you know I would say that he he's a success story. You know, based on his his tenure for starters. You know that he's been there so long, and he's he's continued to you know to remain relevant to remain on television yes he has not been like you know the top guy that he hasn't been pushed up to that level yet but he's always been a strong consistent performer um you know that is able to generate the reactions he's meant to you know when he was a heel and when he was doing the whole low blow gimmick you know he was irritating the fans because they were you know because he was cheating and then the smart fans who wanted to go see him just go out there and you know be the Nakamura he was in in New Japan and in NXT, and he was kind of denying them that. You know, they were getting frustrated with him. And then when when people are supposed to love him like they are now, and he's you know he's got the he's got boobs with him playing guitar and all that stuff. Like he he's able to get the reaction he's supposed to, and that's right. the important, really important thing. And I really think that the only place that they ever really dropped the ball with Nak was. WrestleMania, where he lost to AJ, I think that that um, that was his time. He should have he should have won the WWE Championship, and you know, whatever. But you know, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. I, I would also say I also think though with those guys, I think there was so much magic in their New Japan matches that that the matches in um, in the league, were a lot more like luster, and I think that may have yeah we uh, a bit of a let yeah. because I think like probably Vince is looking like I thought these guys were like the best in the world, and you know they're like you know I, I think even in the first in my perspective it's like man it's like 
this one just didn't do much for me. And, you know, I, I, I could see that have been possibly part of a letdown. And, Why they didn't you know, give the title yeah. change. Yeah. Because they, they had other opportunities. But alas, I, I, I love that Nakamura has found this place to thrive. Because you think about it, right? People that he knew, uh, a lot of them are gone. I mean, you still got Finn. You still got AJ um, and whatnot. But, yeah. You got, you know, when you had the opportunity to to be where you feel comfortable, you feel good, and I think that at this point also Nakamura's been put in different spots and different in the card. You know, he's been in the, uh, the mid event, he's been in the mid card, he's been, you know, in the pre show, and he's found a way to thrive and look great and really look like he's having fun, and you know, while at it, making a lot of money. Because yeah. you know, that's always a good traveling thing. traveling the world with World Wrestling Entertainment as well. I think is a big perk because of, that's kind of the problem with you know Japanese wrestling is they don't really you know they're they're kind of contained to Japan. Um, you know they don't travel the world you know like quite like WWE does. You know going across the United States, they do Canada, and they do the European tours. You know they go to. India and Saudi Arabia and like all these places um, that, you know, he definitely would not have been able to wrestle live at were he to stay with, um, go do Japan pro wrestling. Yeah. So good for him. Happy that to, to be able to see uh, Nakamura do great. Uh, but yeah, Kushida, I, I don't know necessarily that he would follow the same route uh, as Nakamura. Uh, and definitely, unfortunately, uh, the size has a lot to do with it because you know Vince uh, loves his big muscle man. Um, which, speaking of, Karrion Cross uh, and Scarlett are finally um, officially engaged to be married. I could have um, sworn I thought they were married already, but apparently, you know, they were not. Me too. I, I thought they were married already as well. So I was surprised to see that they finally got engaged. Uh, good yeah. for them. Uh, but yeah. guess what? She's still nowhere to be found uh, nope. on Monday still Night Raw. Still off our TVs, which is sad. And Karrion's still just bland and boring by himself. Well, I mean, yes. Very much so. Um, interesting. I mean, will we ever see Scarlet uh, on Monday Night Raw? Yeah. And where will he drop that goofy outfit? Mm, I don't know. Vince is into it. Yeah. You know, Vince likes gladiator films. What can we say? It's always been one for big, muscly, oiled guys, you know, grabbing on each other. So I guess it's just his kink, you know? I guess. We don't kink shame here. No. Um, I was going to say something about kinks, but that, that was going to sound like a wrong, um, <laughs> the wrong segue. Um, mm. Yeah, too soon, too soon. Uh, okay, uh, it's time for our, um, you know, uh, for us to focus on the G1 climax 
Oh, and that would have that was the thing I was thinking, but yeah, no, I wasn't. Oh, gonna you were going to go into the kink yeah. and climax. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tie those in together. Oh my goodness. But, Had you been able to achieve it, it could have been epic. Um It could have been. I just didn't know how to yeah. say it in the right way in in, in yeah. my net all English it took mind some without, careful planning. Yeah. yeah. I should have thought about yeah. it a little bit better. Uh, yeah. but it was you know, so, so are you are you just caught, caught up, up yeah. to the first two days, or did you watch uh, day three? Have you watched day three? Also? Yeah, I, I, I'm all. Yeah, I'm all. I'm all do the okay. first. Just so the, there's the just the two. first three days. Yeah, the first three days we've had or so far. Okay, so well, third the day three. Uh, well, I see. I see the two two nights of block A and one night of block B. So I'm, I'm through. Two okay, so that's three days block, then. Yeah, yeah, three show three days into the. Okay, okay, so um. It's already a very interesting tournament. Very, very starting much so. out, you know. Tomorrow will be day four, which will be the second day of Block B. Um, already very interesting. Some very interesting developments very early on. Um, of course, the thir- the first one would be Kota Ibushi losing his first round match to Yujiro Takahashi. Yujiro Takahashi was at the bottom of the pack last year with only one win. And Kota Ibushi, two-time defending winner of the G1 Climax. Um, That was very much a shocker, even though it was a little bit with shenanigans. It was still a very big shock, Um, you know, which... The story for Kota Ibushi going in is, of course, he did have a very serious real-life illness. You know, it started with COVID and moved into a form of pneumonia um, that, you know, of course, deeply affected his breathing. And, of course, one of the big things is with Kota Ibushi is his amazing physical conditioning. Um, you know, I mean, especially these last several years where – your main events in New Japan Pro Wrestling have gotten longer and longer. You know, you can't you can't have a main event title match under 30 minutes anymore. So you have to have outstanding conditioning in order to compete at the high level that he has. So having had pneumonia over the summer and realistically only probably been tr- back training for a handful of weeks, that was one of the stories going into the G1 was questioning his condition, you know, how would he be in long, uh, you know, in in some longer matches? How would he be as the tournament continues and goes on forward? Um, you know, and he got basically he got stopped by the lowest guy of the pack. So, a, what does that say about Kota Ibushi going forward? And B, what does it say about Yujiro Takahashi going forward? Is this, you know, has he really stepped up that high? Or has Abushi fallen that low? Let's not go that far. Well, that yes, but that's oh. what I'm saying. We're not going to. Uh, Yujiro is obviously not going to win the tournament, but he's all in one day. He's already matched his score from last year. Well, listen, and he, the first part of this new group, so the, you know, he yes, the House of Torture, bomb. yeah. So the House why, of why Torture was like... not physically involved in the matchup, though. Yourself, though you you know you make him you know you put him part of this faction you may try to make him you want to make him seem stronger and dangerous yes no I get all yeah. that but I'm saying I mean kudos to them trying to rebuild him in some way and yeah. give him a big win against 
uh, against uh, Ibushi. I mean, yeah, unexpected. I mean, uh, Ibushi Absolutely, can come back yeah. and beat Ishii on on night on, yes. on the night two block yeah. A. So at least. he did, but Ishii walked out on his own power. Ibushi had to be helped and carried to the back. Well, that's and you know, Ibushi's re- wrestling. next and a. Ibushi's next opponent is ripping people apart. Zack Sabre Jr. fights Kota Ibushi next. Zack Sabre Jr. has put Naito on the shelf. He He tore his knee apart so bad, forced him to submit. I could probably count on my hand the single number of times that Tetsuya Naito has submitted in a match. Mm -hmm. Um, then this morning, forcing Shingo Takagi, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, to also submit. Okay, Zach has the the you know the top three people that were you know rumored to be winning the A Block are his first three opponents, and two of them he's forced to submit. One of them he beat so badly he's removed from the tournament entirely. Naito is injured, removed from the tournament. All matches are forfeited. Everybody else who would be facing him gets those two points for free. Um, you know, so yes, Kota Ibushi did get the win over Ishii, but his next match is is definitely not going to be easy for him. Uh, it's going to be a match, like I've talked about, love Ibushi against Seven Jr., Every single yes. time they wrestle, the clash uh, of styles makes for amazing wrestling. Yes, yeah, and uh, they haven't they haven't had a match yet that I watched those two that I, that made me disappoint. So yeah, I expect yeah. this to be just as good. But l- l- let's talk about a couple of other highlights, though. I mean, uh, yeah, the great Khan, the great Khan yes. being at the top of his block, the first guy uh, to reach I, six points. I mean, part of that is because of the. Forfeiture of Naito. Everybody no. was given all their two points. The only reason Zach isn't at two points is because his first match was against Naito. So he doesn't get the free match win that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. But Great Ocon, yes, two wins, six points. The first person to reach six points in the A block. The only person at six points in the A block. In yep. his first ever G1, he's looking great. Um, I. I've really enjoyed the Great Ocon since he's come back from Excursion. Um, I'm very excited to see where he goes with all this and how he continues to do. Uh, night two's main event: Okada versus Tanahashi. Once One again, of the classics. What? Yeah, this is like the the rivalry of you know the last ten years in mm-hmm. in New Japan Pro Wrestling and. Every single time, these guys still find ways to make it magical, and and I think that that, you know, that so far has been the the lar- the longest match yet. I think. Or yeah, yeah, it was like less than a minute, less than a minute before time would have expired or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because there's only a thirty minute time limit in the G one yeah. matches, so they were like twenty nine something. Um, yet again, amazing work by both guys. Yet again, two people potentially on different trajectories in their careers. You know, Tanahashi was seemingly much lower down a couple years ago, but he's been on the rise the last several months with his, you know, main event match against Shingo and, 
winning the United States Championship, um, you know, from Archer and looking to defend that every which way he can. Um, you know, he was his career was back on the rise. Okada was kind of on the downslope for the last two years. Okada qu- hasn't quite been himself. You know, he no. last year he did really well in the G1, but he was he was kind of trying to find himself. He was kind of trying to establish a new finisher and not really focus on the Rainmaker so heavily. Um, you know, over the summer he had this feud with Cobb that he just you know lost a very big match to Jeff Cobb. Um, you know that you know probably one of his most difficult losses you know in recent memory. Um, you know, of course Jeff Cobb on a huge surge. But Okada comes back in outstanding form, looking very much like the Rainmaker of old. Um, you know, in the same building that he first defeated Tanahashi for the championship, you know, in the infamous Rainmaker shock in 2012. The exact same building. Once again, the Rainmaker is hit and Tanahashi's defeated. Um, so. Tanahashi off to the rough start. Okada looking better than he's looked in a long time. Um, no. y- you know, yet again, very excited to see where both of those guys continue to go in their journey. For sure. Uh, yeah. Block, you know, right now, Block uh, A with, you know, the greater con at six, six points. Uh, almost everybody else at four points. Tangaloa, yeah. Ishii, uh, two points. Naito, of course, uh, zero points. Um, but yeah, right now, though, uh, with Block B, anybody's game, it's only been one night so far, but, you know, you got Jeff Cobb, Evil, Taichi, Sonata, Okada, all with two points. The rest of the bracket with zero points. Like I said, only had one night so far, so not, not much there, but yeah, it's it's kind of been already in three nights, uh, kind of a, a crazy uh, G1. Uh, you know, you see one of the favorites being knocked out early, uh, and you get a couple of upsets early. Uh, it's going to make it for a, quite a mathematical equation come uh, late October. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of people were kind of upset when the lineups were announced because they felt, ah, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of the same old guys. They're bringing in some, you know, some guys who aren't usually in it, and you know, it's a, a, a severe lack of guidance. You know, usually there's one or two big surprises, and there weren't really that. So a lot of people are kind of going, "Eh, it's not going to be that great." So far, it's 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 coming it's coming along very very nicely. Um, you yeah. know, only three days in. Yeah, so so excited about it. Though. Stoked, and Eric. Uh, how are you feeling about the G1 this year? Uh, I'm watching Impact. That, that's that's not the line, Eric. That's, that doesn't answer the question. No. That, that was never the line. There's only one line you had to say. And it rings true because Zack Sabre Jr. is part of that group, and he's literally already put somebody on the shelf. Yeah, he's literally showed no mercy. Yep. Hmm. All right. Maybe maybe next week. Um, 
the uh, so the great Metallica apparently has asked for his release. He is He's still next right? on the head. Yeah, he yeah. and uh, yeah. the Lucha, Lucha House Party wrestle against uh, yeah, Garza and, Lince, and Carrillo and Lince... in main event. Yeah, he and Lindsay are still there. It was Kalisto that, that was released. They asked for his release and it was granted. Um, well, I'll be damned. I would assume Grand Metalik is seeing how th- how well things are going in Mexico and how in demand... Uh, Lucha stars are in the United States. A lot of, you know, you have a lot of Lucha promotions in the United States. You have a lot of independent promotions using Lucha guys. You know, Ring of Honor has their strong relationship uh, with Lucha currently with a lot of Lucha stars signed. Um, You know, so I assume he probably feels that he could get a lot of good matchups and and make a lot of money outside of WWE right now. And, you know, yes, they're, they're using him and he's, you know, he's still getting his paycheck, but he's, he's really not doing a whole lot with them. And I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but is he actually any good? Yes. Grandma leak is really good. Yeah. He, he's had a little more difficulty adapting to the American style. Um, as opposed to Lindsay and Kalisto, who had more experience wrestling in the United States. I was gonna say um, Lindsay you know. trained in America, like yeah, he's a Chikara yeah, and, guy. and you know, yeah, and Samurai, you know, Samurai Del Sol, of course, you know, uh, wrestled a lot in the United States. He was very yeah. instrumental in the early parts of Evolve and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, Metalik was primarily Mexico. He did some tours with uh, in Japan as well. But he typically fought other Lucha guys or guys who knew how to do Lucha style. So of the three of the Lucha House Party, he's kind of been featured less just because uh, his style hasn't really adapted as well um, to, to be American with Lucha influence, you know, is kind of how they want you to be where he's still primarily Lucha. I guess really and truly all I ever really saw from him before the two minute squash matches with Lucha house party was the cruiserweight classic. So I guess I just haven't seen him outside of the WWE circle. I don't, I didn't really know if he was, he's really good. He's outstanding. They used to call him, what was it? He had to call him like the King of the ropes or something because of, how quickly and easily he can move around the ropes and, and, and various things like that. Um, so he's really, really good, but yeah, he, he is a Lucha guy and, and he's had a hard time kind of adapting to, yeah, coming in and doing more than coming in and hitting a few Lucha spots in, in a tag match or something. Hmm. Yeah. He, he spent most of his career in CMLL and, he was huge there. Um, yeah. First with his uh, metallic persona when he first started, but then I think when he took over, he took on the Mascara Dorada, uh, you know, name uh, in yeah. the late two thousands. Then he, he just you know he that's when he really had his exploded popularity. Huge, that's yeah, what he was coming in, Yeah, and he and he went over to New Japan and did best of the Super right. Juniors tournament. Um, and do with their would do their fantastic mania and right. stuff, but it was because of that that big popularity he got in in Mexico um, that he was able to trans transition to mm. 
to Japan. But yeah, very, very minimal wrestling in America, I think. Um, so that definitely was kind of the hindrance. Whereas you said, yeah, the other guys, you know, had a lot of that. Yeah, as Lynn say, you know, is is Puerto Rican, but he's uh he is uh you know, he pretty much spent most of his career in the United States. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I might have to go check some of that out. You definitely should. There's definitely a lot of great stuff out there uh, that he yeah. has done. Uh, a, a lot of uh, fun stuff with him. I mean, uh, he had, you know, he had matches. So with uh, some fun matches with what's his name? Um, oh, what's his Del name? Rio, back when. Uh, no, uh, the other guy. Mystical uh, Andrade. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Flair, La Sombra, La Sombra. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always and, and Mystical too. Uh, yeah, a bunch of uh, fun matches there. Will be. Yeah, I really enjoy his matches too. In, in when they did the whole Fantastic Mania and all those those man, I miss those kind of things. With like when they had the, when they mixed stuff with Ring of Honor and um, uh-huh. CMLL in Japan. Those yeah. were the days of our lives. Uh, but yeah, definitely check him out. Uh, and who knows, you may be able to check him out even more if he goes back into the indies and and gets his release. Um, but only only time will tell. Um, now, while his career is fading away from the WWE, uh, Will Osprey's career continues to expand as he's expanding his empire. Not only is he New Japan Pro Wrestling of America acting like he's still the real champion, uh, now he's gone back to the UK and uh, he he's on a recruitment tour apparently as uh, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis, uh, also known as Aussie Open, have now been announced as the newest members uh, of the United Empire. So there we go. Osprey. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, adding new guys. To multiple continents, yeah. Um, and he st- Osprey still has a mystery partner um, for one of the New Japan America shows coming next month. Um he's teased on social media, you know, about bringing in, about how he needs to bring in a good buddy and capitalizing the word buddy, of course, leading people to believe that it would be buddy Matthews. He's also said about how maybe he doesn't really need a buddy, but maybe he needs a a hero. Of course, speculation to Chris hero, but ultimately I think Will Ospreay is just kind of trolling the fans to, uh, you know, to get them kind of talking and guessing, but yeah, and so it's supposed to be that a new member will be revealed then as well. Um, you know, as far as factions in New Japan go, the United Empire is is fairly small. They take you know before Aussie Open came in, they technically had four members, and one of them is now in Australia, kind of quarantined and and unable to you know really uh, probably even leave his house depending where he lives, um, let alone get out and wrestle. And then Osprey, you know, essentially went AWOL and left Great O'Conn and Jeff, O'Conn, Jeff Cobb to be the United Empire 
in New Japan by themselves. Now Osprey is back and is is attempting to recruit people in the UK as well as you know possibly in the United States um, to to expand the empire. Um, you know, which yet again, if they want to contend with all the factions in New Japan, uh, yeah, you got to get more than just a couple guys with you. I think Ingo's the the small one, but every you know Chaos and Bullet Club, you know, have like a dozen members each. At least. And they keep adding more Bullet Club people. Added Chris Bay, and uh, uh, they want to say they added somebody else too. Maybe. No, just Chris Bay, I think, added recently. No, yeah. I think it was just like Chris Bay. Everybody else is yeah. still there. You know? Yeah. Hikaleo and ELP, I think, are there. Yeah, they've really, been there. I think um, they were there pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I thought Osprey's injury was going to be worse than what it seems. I thought to he be was going to be, yeah, completely out. I mean, I, he hasn't wrestled yet, has he? I, I haven't seen him wrestle. Her, I think he wrestles wrestling. for the first time this weekend. Is the first New Japan USA America show? Yeah, I think it's the twenty so, sixth at the first show. So he will be wrestling. This weekend, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he fares. And uh, you know, I guess, I don't know, I guess maybe the injury was more of a thing to to give him. An, maybe it wasn't as bad to marry that title, take, be taken off. But maybe they, they saw this as an opportunity to take the title off him and send him away and let him do what he's doing now. And, uh, yeah. It seems to be working. I mean, I like this whole, you know, I'm the champion, you know, the real champion. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it adds something extra to the New Japan America shows, especially since the IWGP United States champion is not in the United States. He's in the G1 Classic and won't be a part of these shows. So even if it's a, you know, unsanctioned title match it still can be considered a title match um and yeah if he continues to expand the group it's it seems really interesting and then of course eventually it builds to um you know uh, a big showdown with whomever the champion is if it's still shingo or if it's somebody else to to unify the championships and you know find out who is the true champion so I think it, it, it leads for interesting stories. Yeah. Uh, another story, and I meant to ask this you got to you guys earlier when we were talking about AEW, but, and I think, Danny, you, you shared this with us as well. Uh, with, uh, of course, Dynamite still moving to TBS in January due to, to the hockey. Uh, okay. But Rampage is staying on TNT. It's not moving to TBS. So 10 p.m. Eastern time. On Friday nights, it's going to be live on TNT instead of TBS. What do you guys think about that decision? I personally, like, and I mentioned this earlier, I personally think TBS is not the best place on a Friday night at 10 p.m. And they're more likely to still get more viewers on TNT to make it feel like a... You know, a better show than just one of the, the YouTube shows because it'll yeah, get buried I, I, on Friday nights. Uh, 
eventually. I feel TNT it probably holds as a little bit stronger network, maybe, rather than TBS, because TBS was for so long was just essentially a free channel. It wasn't technically a cable channel. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully, the viewers that they've been getting on TNT on Wednesday nights will can will travel to a new channel. Um, how things fare viewership wise going into the next few months, and you know, I well it won't st- we won't get the channel change until January, but um. You know, I guess they got to do with what the network says. If the network wants to move to another station, we'll we'll just see how it goes, I guess. Well, with the move comes the new title because apparently it was just confirmed that the new uh, women's title that they're going to um, add is called the TNT or TBS Championship. So. Yay! Um, did, did we not? Did we not uh, sort of, uh, you know, joke that this joke that, that there would be it? Yeah, it yeah. started off as a joke, and then it was actually legit. And now my heart hurts. Um, <laughs> but I mean, people on Twitter were happy. I don't. I don't know why, but uh, usually on any cable company that I've ever had. Uh, TBS is usually right a channel up or a channel down from TNT, so it's not like, you know, these these people are going to have to do a lot of work to find the channel. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know why the internet's mad, but whatever. Uh, the internet's always mad. Uh, but, yep. I mean, it, it'll be a... I don't want to say it'll be a lateral move, but It'll it'll be interesting. I think I think more I think more eyes would be on them on TNT than TBS, but uh, I I could be wrong. I th- I think they will, and I think that's why it's the smart move to to keep them to keep them there. Uh, they don't they don't need to move Friday nights if they wanted to really be successful. Just keep it, keep it where it's at. Because yeah, I think it's gonna lose people eventually. And like, you know, it's it's so we already know it's a tape show. How many times can it tape a really great show? They they they're not, they're not gonna make a grand slam every <coughs> single time. So yeah, it, that's just the honest truth. You know, it's not always going to be a home run. So. We'll see. I mean, um, I think them moving to TBS is gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna. I, I think it'll take fans away for at least a little bit, um, because yeah. like w- once once WWE moved from USA to Spike, it, it wasn't a you know an instantaneous like going from a five to stay in a five. They lost a little bit because people didn't know. Um, I mean, and we'll see. We'll see. I don't necessarily know. Um, like I said, a lot of them were really upset that it was going to move. I don't. It. I don't, I don't know. It just seems dumb, but at the same time, hockey makes more money than wrestling. So. 
Patrick would lose himself Patrick. again. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So Josh Alexander is a really good wrestler, in case you were curious. Yeah, no, we knew that. I watched his match with Ace Austin from the night where uh, Christopher yeah. Daniels re-showed up. Very good match. Very good match. Yeah, no, Josh is, has been really good, and that's why some people are so happy for his success currently. Um, is that you know he's finally getting a bigger he you know getting a bigger spotlight? They did you know when they were the the North. But yeah. since he's you know been the X division champion, he's done so well. He's he's essentially run that division, um, you know, now to the point that he's option relinquishing C, the yeah. X division championship, doing the option C, um, you know, because he he pretty much ran through all the challengers, and there weren't really any challenges left for him in the X division. And I really, I so actually why not really go after Captain too. Charisma? I honestly yeah. haven't seen much of Austin. He's very entertaining. He's a, he's an X Division guy, but he's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, speaking of Deanna versus Mickey, is official. Yeah, for Bound for Glory, I did see that tweet a little earlier. That should be good. Um, that should be really yeah, good. Of course, yeah, they've had a really good build to it already, and I continue. I assume that that will only ramp up. Um, Leading, you know, into the heading into the, the weeks before the match, but as she usually does, Diana Perrazzo brings up a very good point on Twitter um, that Gail Kim announced that there would be a number one contenders tag team title match, um, pitting the influence of Madison Rain and Neil Dashwood versus the Decay mm-hmm. with the winner. Getting the shot of the tag team championships bound for glory. Yet, Mickey James, who has not had a match in Impact Wrestling in over six years, all she has to do is ask for one, and she gets. Yep. It. Yep. Um, she basically just made the challenge. Scott Demore said, "Of course, here you go." Whereas you know the influence, or even the decay, the former champions are having to fight a contenders match. They can't just lay down a challenge and get get what they want. So, you know, I'm, of course, calling favoritism, you know, as Scott D. Moore is, continues to kind of try to catch her off guard by throwing these challenges at her. Um, and, you know, where she had a mystery opponent, and then she had Melina, and these kind of things. Um... But yet again, it makes for an interesting story. Um, you know, it's a little bit, little bit different from what we usually get with the authority figure, because you know, with Scott D. Moore playing that authority figure, because especially in WWE, they like to do the big evil boss, where the bad, where the the heel, the the authority figure is a bad guy who's trying to make the lives of all the good guys miserable. So here, it's a little bit reversed. Where you know Demore is essentially he's he kind of teeters on a little bit, but ultimately he's kind of saying I'm I'm trying to do what the fans want. I'm trying to give them what they want to see, you know. And the heel champion sitting here going, dude, 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 why do you keep doing? Why do you not like me? Like I'm putting on good matches. I'm mm-hmm. you know 
I'm adding legitimacy to this title with by holding on to it for so long and you know raising the prestige of defending it at you know at other places like on on and you know on power you know on in, on empower and uh, at the NWA and you know and then do a title versus title and do and things AAA, too. Yeah. Yeah, and do that, you know, internationally. Um, you know, and yet yet he's, you know, she feels that he's continuing to try and put obstacles in her way to try and remove the championship from her. Um, so it's an interesting storyline, especially because we now have social media where at least with Impact, they kind of play the story into it a little bit more a little more heavily um, with certain wrestlers yeah, rather than only having the television time. So Deanna gets to say those things, you know, in her interview segments on TV and stuff, but she gets to kind of keep doing it and, you know, talk to the impact account or to Scott Demore's account whenever he posts something and be like, dude, seriously, like that's what you're doing. You know, Scott Demore also said something like, we thought we were going to give a, you know, we're going to give a, a true legend, a championship. And Deanna's like, what you, you like, you haven't given legends before. Are you now saying that jazz ODB and Molina are not true legends? Are you downplaying them? She's like, even I gave respect when respect was due. You know? I know, right? Yeah. Basically she's making Scott Demore look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. She's making him look like the bad guy. Um, exactly. Cause all she's done for him is run the division for a year. I mean, yeah, yeah, has been the the face of it, the focal point of it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Mickey James uh, can still go. Uh, not that she yeah, ever absolutely couldn't go. Really lost it. Yeah, yeah. But her versus uh, Diana should be a whale of a match. Yeah. Well, and and not just the, because of the you know, the, the actual match itself, but yet again, because of the good build they've done to it, you know, they've, exactly. they've been building since Mickey stepped foot back into impact, you know, initially to kind of hype, um, empower and also kind of show the cross promotion they were doing, extend the invite to people from impact to wrestle at empower you know, Dion has kind of felt slighted and been going back and forth and, you know, to the point where the fans are wanting to see the match and now they're finally delivering and it's finally getting physical. You know, they basically had like a pull apart brawl today yeah. on impact. Um, so I think it's going to make for a really good story, which will then feed into a really good match. It's time to give us what we want. We want Brit versus Diana. Give us Brit versus Diana. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know if it's going to happen though, because the problem I don't either. is, you know, I, uh, I mean, AEW is basically creating a second title because they don't want to give a lot of other people title shots. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's kind of it. They want to still be selective with who gets to chit, you know, longer stories before title shots versus Brit, um, you know, and so they're having to create a secondary championship to just kind of keep all these all these other women fighting for something. Um, well, here's, you know, here's the thing. If, if the forbidden doors open and there's this agreement yeah. between impact and AEW, yeah, we should, we should have some kind of big show like AEW like versus, versus show impact. or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
I'm, you know, people have done I, it for years, done dream matches like uh, Survivor Series with WWE versus yeah. Impact or WWE versus New Japan. Now it's WWE versus yeah. All Elite. Like, yeah. we have it now. You could do Christian yeah, Cage versus Kenny. Yeah. I think the or, problem is that one company doesn't want to end up looking inferior to the other. And that's what's going to happen is they're going to have to have a series of matches. Well, oh, my goodness. Patrick's coming back from beyond the grave. Um, <laughs> through the, he's coming out of the matrix. Um, Jeez Louise. But um, yeah, I think one company is, you know, is going to end up looking inferior to the other. And that's what I don't think they want. You know, I mean, TN, the impact AEW relationship has not been great for impact thus far. Nope. They've had impact people featured on AEW. They've even had their championship over there. They had their championship defended and a new champion crowned on AEW. But it still feels like every opportunity they get, they take a shot at impact being this, this minor league that, you know, isn't run well and has done a lot of goofy stuff and, you know, realistically shouldn't still be around because of the creative and the businesses, poor business decisions they've made. They're the butt of the, butt of the joke. Most times they don't treat impact as, as serious. Um, it, which is the problem with that relationship is whereas Whenever Impact has people from AEW on there, they they treat them like they're high profile stars. Yeah, and and I get it, it but at the same time, like I, I think you can find a working agreement to make make one not look, you know, as weak as the other one. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, like like obviously, if there's an eight match card, you're not going to have the AEW guys run through the impact people eight matches to nothing. But I mean like, yeah, it would go half and half probably, but the same time is, you know, if it it depends where the losses come and how they're done, you know, it, it, it could be a promotional booking nightmare because you'd have so many sides saying, no, 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 I don't like this aspect of it. I don't like this aspect of it. That I think would be the biggest thing is because everybody would want to have a say to make their person look strong, even in defeat. But, you know, you wouldn't realistically want to have every single match have a screwball finish to try and protect the other person. Of course not. Then you'd be kind of screwing. You'd ultimately be screwing the fans. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you think about it, if they if they wanted to go the routes of like champion versus champion. So, I mean, right now, as it stands, it would be Christian versus Kenny. And we would know that Again, yeah. Kenny would lose or Christian would lose and with no issue. Then it would be yeah. the the one that's gonna, you know, five star everything is gonna be the young bucks versus the good brothers, which Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Greatest no. match in history. And then you'll have Darby versus Alexander or whoever is Alexander's replacement, and that would be good. And then Britt and Deanna, yeah. that would be good. It's just I mean, there's possibilities everywhere. It's just getting there, I guess. And, and actually, and who knows? Down the road, we may have it. We may have a, yeah. a, a New Japan Impact versus uh, AEW. Who knows? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if TK thinks it's good business, TK will do it. Um, as we've seen. Um, dude is not shy of being a, a wrestling nerd. <laughs> yeah. Which, By any means. He's living our dreams, dude. Like, he's a money mark that gets to book his, his own matches. <laughs> he gets to play Booker in real life, except he's got a lot of money. Yeah. Patrick, welcome back. Well, we heard you there for a second. Now we can't hear you anymore. Womp womp. Patrick's difficulties with technology continue. Uh, Cut you guys off. Oh, okay, now we, you guys now we can hear you. Now? There we go. Now there we, we can go. hear you, yeah. Good job. Well. Oh, well. Spoke too soon. We, yeah. Saw a thing where it said Brian wants to face. Okay, uh, so you Zach hear me in delay. There we hear you now. There, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. You hear me in delay. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. You. You. are getting. You're getting things in thirty seconds. Thirty forty-five seconds later. Oh goodness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like I'm. Uh, yeah. It's not gonna. It's yeah. It, it looks like I think they they were technical focus here and uh, the Accord Office Studios. So. Um, yeah. It looks like the connection is gonna be a little Oh my goodness, I need to take them back again. I know, right? Jeez. We deserve it. Wait, oh my did goodness. you hear the snap? In real life? Oof. In robot voice. Sounds like you're being being run the mixer very poorly. We're still in this the is list. the greatest night in the history of our sport. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we've had our technical yeah, difficulties, but we list. have also come okay. uh, to the end of our then, show uh, for this for this week. Yeah, it's almost two hours. And Patrick has yeah lost. <laughs> Patrick is lost in cyberspace somewhere. He told me in the group chat to close the show, and then he's trying to talk and close the show from 30 seconds ago on his delay. This is a this is amazing and outstanding. This is the kind of quality quality <laughs> programming you can expect from the fans of Wrestling Radio Show each this and every is week awesome. on a multitude of podcast formats um you know amazon stitcher tune in of course we're on podbean live every thursday and whenever the hell patrick throws up the back episodes we're on demand there as well um spotify just about anywhere podcasts are found you can find the fow radio network just search for fow radio and you should be able to find us um 
Amazon Music, of course, Patrick is now telling me in the group chat, was the one I forgot. Um, so you can find all of us on social media. Of course, we're on the Facebook. We honestly don't really post much on the Facebook, but you're welcome to give us a follow. And uh, <coughs> always stay up to date with us, of course, a little bit more on the Twitter machine. Um, of course, we, as a, as a whole, are on Twitter at FOW Radio. Our, our producer, Lost in Cyberspace, is at YellowmanPA. Uh, Eric is at EJ423X. Mika Villas, uh, still in parts unknown on assignment is at Mika Villas. Um, I think shoot life is, has, has dug her deep. I don't think she's been posting on social media much at all. So she's, uh, you know, follow her and, and maybe you can find more on her adventures. I am of course at Danny F and danger on the Twitter machine and, uh, Support your local independent wrestling promotion, as we talked about for the next three weeks. That's what we'll. That's what Patrick and I will be doing, and Eric will be joining as he can. Um, so you know, use the Twitter machine and the cyberspace at your disposal. Find your local promotions and support them. You know, lots of great wrestling out there, not just on your television set. And as as the Yellow Man likes to say, as always, keep watching. Wrestling. Oh, and the music chimed in just on time. All right. Later, folks. <laughs> <laughs>